BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here, um, and on this episode I got with me Daniel Elfers. How you doing, Daniel? Uh, I'm doing awesome. Nice. That's good. So why don't you let the listeners know a little bit about Daniel. Let them kind of know what's going on and, you know, who you are. Uh, so I am an obstacle racer and a running and OCR coach. So I'm also a kids mm-hmm. ninja coach, too. So I try to kind of, you know, I'm definitely in that obstacle world. That's that's really what I love doing. So most, most of my time is spent either training or training other people, it seems like. Nice. And uh, right, yeah, right now good. I'm getting ready for, yeah, yeah, I'm getting ready for uh, Portland for one race. Uh, but really, I'm getting ready for like West Virginia and Tahoe coming up here because I qualified for both of both of those. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Tahoe, but I'm just going to do like the Open Beast and, you know, get my my triple trifecta because I missed Montana this year. So, but oh yeah, Montana was fun. So, have you been to Tahoe before? No, I haven't. I, I've been. This would have been my fifth year in Montana, but yeah, yeah. But I missed Tahoe it. Tahoe, it's tough, but it's fun. Like it, it's, it's definitely got some good challenges in it. And uh, you, I, I don't know if you're ready for that swim, that cold swim. That's always a treat. Yeah, yeah. See, that that's what I'm worried about. Because I, I mean, I hate to, I hate being cold. I don't yeah. like. Well, okay, actually, that's not challenge. true. I don't mind being cold. I don't like cold water. You know, I did okay in Seattle this year. You know, everyone, I know a lot of people had problems with Seattle this year, and I did okay. I didn't really get too bad. I mean, one hand was so cold it was starting to ache. But, I mean, it was still, I mean, I was able to survive and keep going. So I've got to, I've been trying to come up with a plan for Tahoe because I know a lot of people bring, like, plastic bags where they can see all their stuff in while they do the swim or whatever. But, so... Yeah, I, I don't, Which I've I don't about. carry much with me when I run, so that helps. Uh, body-wise, I must I take a lot of cold showers, and I do ice baths and stuff, yeah. and that really has kind of like prepped me mentally for it. Because you, know, you train in the cold, oh, and good. you get your body used to being ready for the cold, and I find that really helps when you get out on a course like that, too. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to try that. I'm just, yeah, I've always been one of those ones I don't like the cold water baths, and it's like... I'll deal with them. I'll get in the cold water if I have to. I just don't like it, you know. I mean, the one thing is most people know my my biggest obstacle for me, the worst one, is the dunk wall. And it's mainly because I, oh, like, yeah. I don't like putting my head underwater that I can't see into, if that makes sense. I know it sounds weird, but yeah. my brain, I have a, a, a disconnect there where it's like if, if I could see clearly into the water, I'm like, no problem. I'll go right under. And I've done it like Montana. They used to have... Uh, the dunk wall was in a river or a stream. Yeah. So it was clear water yeah, because it was running. It. Mm-hmm. So I could see, and I'd walk up yeah. to it, dunk my head under, and off I went. No problem. But a normal one where they do where it's standing water and it gets all nasty and muddy, and my brain is just like, you know, I'm, I'm not putting my head under there. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I working yeah. with different clients and working with a lot of people, I've, no, I've just definitely noticed that people have different fears and different things that they struggle with. And that's the coolest thing about mm-hmm. OCR is the fact that you have so much variation in a course that everyone's got things they're strong at, everything's got things that they're weak at, and it yep. pulls out your weaknesses and allows you to be strong in your strong areas. And, I mean, 
some people struggle with the dunk wall, some people struggle with the height, some people struggle with the grip, some people struggle with the carries, or even the running, you know? Yeah. it's always, And that's what's great about obstacle course races is there's so many different things. I mean, you can't focus on one thing. You have to focus really on an entire a full body workout and get your whole body ready for these races and your mind. You know, if you don't have, if you're yeah. missing one thing, you're going to feel it in that course, you know? Oh yeah. You know, you need, you so. need the mental side as much as the physical side. I think you get a lot of the mental side yeah. from training the physical side too, which is the benefit to yeah. putting in the work. Well, yeah, I, definitely. So, um, so you did say that you have, you live in the Tri-Cities, correct? Yeah, so I'm in Tri-Cities, Washington. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. pretty much hot as hell here. Lately, it's, you have to get up at 5 if you don't want to be in, like, over 90-degree weather. Yeah. Yeah, it's I know. Good. I just I just had a conversation. <laughs> it's been good. But I just had a conversation with a, a lady from the OMAC Warrior Stampede, and I was talking to her. Oh, and yeah. I was, you know, we were talking about the fact that so many people, you say Washington – and they think one of two things. They think Washington, D.C., or they think wet, green place. And it's like, no, yeah. western yeah. Washington is wet and green. East, eastern mm-hmm. Washington is a desert. You know, and that's why yeah. I, I honestly think, like, one of the big races needs to come here and do a race in eastern Washington. They need one in Tri-Cities. Well, we got, they need one. Well, that's like we're talking about the Renegade. The Renegade race, yeah. the hometown race here. But it'd be cool to see some other, like, big franchises come in, too. We had the Mud Factor a few weeks ago, but that's kind of just a fun run, you know, compared to, like, I, I've, legit race. I've done Mud Factor years ago. It's been about three or four years. But the last time I did Mud Factor, I did it three years in a row, and the last year I wasn't going to do it because I didn't think it was worth the price. But somebody bought it for me as, like, a Father's Day present. And I finished, mm-hmm. and this is me, and I'm not fast. I finished in, 29, like, 29, 30 minutes. Yeah, and that yeah, was like when I pretty course. much decided I, yeah, I mean, I don't do most five Ks in twenty nine to thirty minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So just kind of eh. no, it was, but it, it was fun. Like getting to go out yeah. with people. So I went out with clients and people that I that I enjoyed. So just especially being a home like in the hometown, you had a lot of people come out who wouldn't do a bigger race. You know, this I get a lot yeah. of that where a lot of people are scared to do the bigger races, and it's. And this was a little more like, okay, it's a fun run, and it's kind of a good foot in the door for people. And so especially people that I've, I've known who haven't done a race before, it was kind of a perfect, like, setup into it. But then I was like, hey, you should come to a Spartan next, you know, try out a Spartan sprint. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. It's like my wife. My wife will do – she's done Survivor. She's done Warrior. I, she did Rugged one year, but she won't step up and do a Spartan. She's like, nope, that's too much. I won't do it. She's like, I've seen what you go through when yeah. you do a Spartan. I ain't doing it. And it's like, okay, if that's your choice, yeah. I'm not going to push it's you. True but too. you know, that's one thing I find with clientele yeah. and trying to get people out to my program that I run is the fact that I have people who I have people come out take class, and it's just you can tell pretty quick it's just this isn't for them. You know, they got to find the thing they enjoy yeah. in fitness. And I think there's a there's a what's great is there's so many fitness avenues for everyone, but. You know, so not everyone's going to be an OCR person. You know, not everyone's going to be a CrossFitter. Yeah. Not, not everyone's going to be a powerlifter or a figure competition, you know, whatever they do. I mean, lots of different people, and there's definitely some that's like OCR is not, not their thing, and that's okay. And, yeah, and that's true, and that's one thing, like, you know, we've really actually – 
we just had an episode of the podcast where we talked about how we're changing things is the podcast has pretty much been biased towards OCR. And it's like, you know, that's kind of a little niche. We want to start pushing and also talking about a lot of the other fitness avenues. Because there's a lot of people that start with OCR and they don't like it, so they go to something else. Or people that started doing something else and then went to OCR. So it's kind of, you know, it's OCR is a one little niche. It's really cool to, you know, talk about some of the other stuff that people do. So I'm curious so, too when you when you say okay. OCR, does that include uh, like Ninja, or do would you do you consider Ninja something separate? It's I kind of consider Ninja a. <laughs> It's its own, like, I think, offshoot of Spartan. Uh-huh. Uh, not yep. Spartan, but OCR. It's kind of, it's, yeah, it's obstacle kind of course racing, too. but it's its own, it's its own animal, I think, because it's, you know, there's the ones that we do, the mud runs, the OCRs, those kind of things are, you know, mm-hmm. anybody can get out there and do it. And if you fail, you just move on, you know, or you do, you yeah. know, your burpees and you move on, you know, American Ninja Warrior, that's, that's a whole nother level. That's people yeah. that train. Well, it is, but you also train. have the uh, like UNAA now. So we have, like, mm-hmm. local comps and stuff now, too, that are actually a little more. I mean, you don't have the running side of it, but you actually have obstacle to obstacle. So if you fail something, it's a it's more of a point set up until you move to the next thing. It's time and points. You know, you have some, some courses mm-hmm. and some variations on the newer, lo- more local you know, local ninja events um, outside of American yeah. Ninja Warrior that are a little more that way. And that's cool because I actually started with Ninja Warrior. I mean, I was a runner back in the day when I did guy cross country and track. I was, I was actually a pretty slow runner throughout high school, uh, but I just enjoyed doing it. Um, and then I got into Ninja yeah. and got the obstacle experience. And then I found I really enjoyed Spartan, especially for the grid aspect. And, and I had the running background, so it really translated well to have the obstacle experience and the running to go into Spartan. But I've always I've loved, yeah. I've loved being a part of the uh, Ninja Warrior scene as well. Yeah, and I was going to say, I did see that you, you, you know, done that. Have you, I mean, have you made it onto the show yet, or? I didn't get shown. I have actually ran the course before. So I got to run it back in season eight, so 2016. So I got to run the mm-hmm. actual course in L.A., and uh, that was such an experience because I, actually, so that whole experience was it started several months prior to that where I kind of decided, I was like, okay, I, I want to do this show. I was watching it and some, somewhere in my head it just clicked it went I, I was like I bet I, I bet if I trained right I could get there and I could do that and uh, I actually went yeah. and I waited in the walk-on line I had 10 days in the walk-on line and I got to run I was one of the very last competitors to run on the night because they only run so many walk-ons and a lot of times they bring in about or they used to bring in about 30 and what they do they they kind of just hold us in there and if they had extra time during the night they'd run us so not all the walk-ons get to run and so I was fortunate enough to get to run that year which was just really, really cool. Uh, but I was, I mean, it, I, it's so technical. I think that's the biggest thing going yeah. into it. Like if you don't have the technique, it, it really throws you off. And I, the great part is that I learned that pretty quick after going down on, I went down the second obstacle, which is the TikTok that year in LA. And it's just cause I'd never, I'd never really practiced trapeze swings and I didn't really know how to dismount from a swinging bar. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's cool. I mean, is it something that you're training for that you want to try doing again, or was it just kind of a, yeah, hey, I've yeah, done it? I, I want to do it again. 
I do. It's just a matter of getting on. And I don't, I haven't, the past few years, I, I got so busy, I got involved with other stuff. And so I haven't been able to try to walk on again. And I mean, they changed the whole walk on yeah. system this year too. And I just, I wasn't able to attempt it either. But uh, just with, with that, I, I submit every year with a video submission and try and apply, but I just haven't had my chance. Although I did, I know I got further in the uh, casting selection this year because I did get called back and I know they were pitching me up to the exec. So I made it through like the preliminary, uh, you know, checks on like what they were looking for. So I figure one of these years again, I'll get my chance and get to get my uh, revenge on the course and try to take it down. That's awesome. See, and that's, I would love to get into that shape. And that's one thing I'm working for is to to get to a shape where I can do stuff like that. But (laughs) what motivates you to do that? I mean, oh, right. I guess when I started, I guess it was part of just like, I, I saw it and it just, I wanted to push my limits. I kind of wanted to see what I was capable of, you know, and I, there's a lot of yeah. like to inspire people too, but when it comes down to it, there, there's moments when I'm on a course and I'm like, I don't care who I'm inspiring. I just want to see if I can push my limits. I, I, I it's, there's just like this want and drive that you have. I know during Spartan, it's their point. There are times in the course, especially towards when I start getting towards the end that my, my driver really kicks in and it's because I know who like a lot of times in, in these races, you know, every, Every person I pass counts, you know, that I'm a little higher up in the field, especially when I'm running, like, yeah. some of the national championship elite races. And so I start driving just as hard as I can to finish. And uh, so really, I think, it, for me, it comes down to I want to see what I'm capable of doing. That's awesome. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon, then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. With your company, I know you keep saying your clients, you haven't said a whole lot about your... Tell us a little bit about what you do with the training and all that. I mean, you know, kind of how that works. I know, like I said, I know you're in the Tri-Cities and you have clients that you train and and doing all that stuff. How do you do do that? And I mean, how, how is that going for you? So I own a business called The Obstacle Circuit, and so I coach. I do the run coaching side of stuff with with clients, and then we also do class-based. And so I set up a class, so I'll go out to a park somewhere because it's all outside, which is great because, you know, races don't happen in gyms. They they happen outside, so I don't see the same point of training in a gym when, you know, we're going to go to some place in the middle of nowhere and be expected to run on terrain. So it's like we kind of set up in the same sort of environment. We're going to run on terrain. So we go out to a park, and I can set up, bring sandbags, buckets. I've got spear throws. I have things to hang up like monkey bars and just all sorts of stuff to just prep people for what we're going to see on a course. And it's just been been really fun having that and building a community of people around that too. And then, like I said, having a class-based system, it brings people together. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I've – definitely introduce people who wouldn't know each other, you know, and then we all go to a, go to a race together and just, it builds a community. Cause that's something that I know we have people who race in traces and I knew we did, but it's just a matter of they, you know, we're not as connected as we could be, you know, as much as there are people who race, it's like the community's very much, you know, not non-existent. And so I wanted to bring something yeah. that would help start to bring that together. It's awesome. See, and that's one thing that I, I've talked to a lot of times about is, like with the Beast OCR, we're, you know, we cover three, four states now, I think. 
And it's, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get that to bring in those communities, you know, like Tri-Cities and Spokane and, you know, stuff like that. Most of our base is over here, you know, in the, the Seattle area. But in all reality, most of us aren't even in Seattle. I'm down in, by Tacoma. I'm in yeah. Shallop. So it's kind of, you know, trying to bring those communities together to try and, you know, get more, you know, interaction into the, you know, obstacles and doing that stuff. I mean, I have, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture. I have obstacles in my front yard. I built an obstacle course in my front yard. That's cool. That's awesome. So I think actually, you know, I think I have. I so, think I saw it on the uh, on the on the Facebook group too. Yeah, because we do the the awesome South Sound work. Yeah, the South Sound workouts is there in my yard. Because I have yeah. Because it's like, hey, why not? I want to do obstacles. I know other people do. I'm you know, put some up and go for it. So. Yeah, and my goal yeah. down the road is to actually open my own gym, but I definitely want to keep doing a lot of the outdoor workouts. You know, we'd have more access to being able to set up obstacles that we could work on in a gym setting, but then we also would be able to go out and still be able to work outside because that's really, you know, the running and the terrain work is, I think, more important when it really comes down to it than even the obstacles a lot of times, too. You know, being able to work on that stuff, like yeah. clients out and stuff, and make them work on terrain that they wouldn't normally run on. We, I mean, we were out in the snow at one point. It was like it was rough. You know, you're trying to work through this like snow that had like melted and reformed, and so it was it was oh. hard to run in. But then you get on terrain, you get on terrain during races, and that's kind of what it feels like. Sometimes you end up on really rocky, weird terrain. You do, you do, and you have to you have to be ready for that. I mean, that was one thing. I lost a lot of weight back in like 2010. And I did a lot of training in the gym, a lot of running on the elliptical, a lot of running on the treadmill, you know, the bike, all that kind of stuff, all in the gym. And I dropped Mm -hmm. about 70 pounds, but that's where all my training was. And then all of a sudden, one of my friends is like, hey, let's go, let's go do a 5K. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I run five or six miles a day. No problem. This will be great. And I go out and did this 5K, and it was a little bit of asphalt, but it was it wasn't flat asphalt. It was very, you know, very uneven and then a little bit yeah. of trail. And by the end of three yeah, miles, I know, I know that. it felt like somebody had beaten my legs with a baseball bat. They were hurting yeah, they were very, shaking. And I'm different. like, you know, and I'm like, what happened? And I talked to one of my friends and they're like, you've trained on a flat, perfect surface for a year. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're running in you know, there's the uneven, your legs are, you know, you're using completely different muscles. And after that, I'm like, well, okay, I guess I need to look at my training a little different, you know, and that's, you, you need to train outside and get used to that offset yeah. of muscle. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Well that, I mean, it's kind of like the beginning of this year for me actually too, because we, I had a, I went and worked with a run coach in uh, California at the beginning of January. And so we worked on like running form and stuff. And then so there's a bunch of stuff I really wanted to work on, but then I flew all the way back up to the north where we had so much snow, uh, and so I was on the tread a lot working on some of that stuff. And but you know it's it's good to be to have something like that. But I and I, I got out in the snow a bit too, and I I still was running outside, but I was running so much on the tread I got so comfortable just in that kind of smooth environment for the most part. And then when we when I had my first race in Alabama, the terrain there was so I mean it was bushwhacking, it was running through. Just absolutely yep. brush everywhere, and I I realized pretty quick I'm like crap I have not been training on terrain like this. It really messed with me too trying to run through that because I'm like I'm getting faster as a runner, but then I've got to run through brush and it was all these like down trees and cut they've got like, cut out 
a path for us to run through. And so it was just all this brush you had to work your way through, which was just horrible to run in. And I had no, I just hadn't yeah. had any experience the past few months of doing that. And it's it's completely different. I mean, that's one thing a lot of people don't really think about. A lot of these Spartan races and a lot of the train, the OCR, a lot of the you know, a lot of the different ones they they forge a path for us to do. They don't pick a trail that existed. So a lot of times yeah. you're running through it, especially you guys who are running elite or so competitive elite. or any of those. We trailblaze for you. You're out there we first. Make that trail for you. So you're out there you first can, trailblazing. You know, you can thank us. I'll tell you, it's um, yeah. there's so when you get it's really it's really rough. Oh yeah, when you get out there, you know, and you're an open heat guy, person, and you're going out there and you see the trails already, it's like that. It's not what it looked like when they started, you know. And I, yeah. I've been a couple times. It was uh, Mon- Montana in '15, the first year I did it. I wore normal shorts and tennis shoes. It was the first like real OCR I ever did. I started with the Montana Beast because well, I don't do research, and. <laughs> I was yeah, going well, through it, and definitely a good one to pick. Yeah, like I said, I don't do research. That was my problem, and <laughs> and I was well, the founder right? Learn so it was quick. even worse. You learn quick. You start to get it. Yeah, uh, you start to pick up what you but need. Going through something like that. So. Yeah, and going through that one, it was one of those things that I was. Our heat was like the first heat after the elites, because at that time they didn't have competitive. It was the two elite heats went yeah, out, yeah. and then the first open wave. So we went out there, and I literally I have scars on my uh, my shins from bushwhacking and having my legs were beat up so bad going through those bushes and everything that I have literally have scars on my legs because I cut them so bad going through there. And after that, yeah, everyone's like, "Why do you always wear the you know the pants because of that?" Yeah, I just got used to it a lot of times. I'm pretty. I mean, my legs get so scraped up out there. I don't have any ones. I haven't had really bad scars, although I took a – I guess you said you weren't in Montana this year. There was a point where we had to, like, slip through a barbed wire fence, and I did actually ca- – I caught myself on the barbed wire on the leg. I, it was like I thought there was one line, and there was, like, a lower line, and I missed it. <laughs> I didn't see it because I was hauling. Oh. It was kind of like you were you were coming down yep. the mountain. And so when I went through the, I, when I went through it, I, I, I didn't catch it too bad, but I got a good scrape across my leg from that. But, you know, a lot of those – some of those races I know are going to be more, more bushwhacky. I put on the long socks just to kind of defend, yeah. you know, protect my legs a little more. Yeah, they can, they they can do some stuff. They can tear your legs up. Yeah. yeah, I don't do the compression. I know a lot yeah. of people wear that stuff, you know, or the long pants, and that helps. But, you know, I, I don't I don't really need the compression. I've never had an issue with cramping up. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had really an issue with cramping, so I don't really go with the compression. I just kind of go with the leggings. I mean, then I – what they're really called they're the pants but whatever they look like leggings from like you know the 80s but you know they they protect my legs just enough to you know to make it so i don't get the the big cuts in them but they still get beat up pretty yeah. good but at least you ran a little yeah. later too i will say running those elite races it's funny because people will tell me you know or talk about like the course in a certain way so the other thing that i hadn't considered the fact that a lot of people are running in when like you have races like Boise and some of those where in the elite race, it's all brush. Like you're running through a lot of like just brush and rough, and rough terrain, but you get done. Mm-hmm. And then I went back out with a client and it's all sandy. And so you're going downhill or you're hitting stuff and it's like, it's just been carved out by all the people before you. And so you're, if you're yeah. going downhill, you're like sliding through stuff, you know, rather than, rather than like when we went where it was like firm dirt, but 
it's brush. And so it's like it's a, it's a different, it's almost a different race when you go back out compared to being the first. And actually, Seattle is kind of that way too this year because I went back out in the sprint the next day, um, and just what people were talking about, like from the super, how how mushy it was. And I mean, when we yeah. went out in the lead, it wasn't like that, you know, because the ground had ground was soggy, but it wasn't like it hadn't been tracked through so much yet that that it became like that mush because like the whole way on the sprint the next day was just like shoe stealing mud. So you just hope yeah. you put, put your shoes on tight enough or you, or you were not getting those back. I'm sure there's a lot of shoes still in that mud because, uh, that oh, was, that, I'm that, sure. was, that was a fun race, but you know, you learn like that. It, it's different trying to try to haul in a, just like through that kind of mud. Oh yeah. And the Seattle mud, what's really weird too, is you get all like sorts of different, different types of mud. So yeah, you do. Yeah. That was very sticky. And yeah, it's, it's re- sometimes very clay. Too. Yeah, some of it is. Yeah, there was a, Port- a couple years ago. Here. Portland's got that gritty mud, which is interesting. Oh. Yeah, just where that gets into everything. Know, it's kind of sandy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, and that's the other thing too is you get the different types of muds in different places. So you know, it's you know, like I said, you know, Portland's kind of the the gritty sand. In Seattle, there's the sticky, nasty, their mud. There was one year they had, it was really weird. It was like hard pack on top with mud underneath. So as you were walking the whole, everything underneath, or running, everything underneath you was moving. It was really weird. Yeah. Like actually, the whole ground first, was mushy. My first year, yeah, my, actually my first Spartan race was it was Seattle, it was a Seattle Super. And that, and uh, that first year, like, we just had like a clay patch. And I had so much clay, like, attached to my legs that it just became like, yeah. I don't know, it was really weird. And then I got light hair, and so kind of like it, when it dried out, it became really like chippy, and it just felt like my whole legs were just like itchy, and it really was irritating because every time I hit, I'd step, like it would shake. So, and yeah. uh, I haven't found another course quite like that. Like I don't know, it must have been something just like somewhere how they tracked us through in that race in Seattle. We hit something that was just super like clay heavy. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing because I mean the backside that they didn't use really this year in the super because they used it for the trail rides. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes they do. There's Sometimes a they lot doing that super. It seems Sometimes, like. yeah, they have used it before in the super, but this year they didn't. But that backside, it's uh, it's the gravel pit back there, you know, yeah. that you yeah. we've gone through. So I mean, you get some really weird mud and weird things there too. So yeah, yeah, I. I I know that we'll have that during the beast coming up too, so that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I like that area back there, and they yeah. back there because there's some of that where you get some of that that elevation. You got that some of the single track stuff back there too, where rather yeah. than just running through all the, the cornfields, you know, it's it's a little more preferred getting onto some of that trail as well to me. Yeah, yeah, they have some good some fun stuff, and that's one thing. I kind of like about Seattle, but it, I think they've been there too long with two races and yeah, it'd be nice. It would two different nice weekends, a different venue. Yeah, two yeah, two yeah, weekends sure. a year for the last you know three or four years, it gets kind of weird, you know, and you see it over and over again. But yeah, well, I'll say this as a competitor though, like going into it, when I get that course map, I kind of know, you know, it's like I, that's yeah. one thing where I know what to expect, and so and for me, I don't. I don't think as much along the lines, like I wouldn't mind moving to another venue, but I also 
Like, I, I know kind of what to expect going into it. I know what's where. I know where we're going to see certain hills. Where I get other courses that I go to, and I just have no like, – I see the course map, and I kind of get an idea of the elevation and the mood and, like, what when we're going to hit hills. But nothing like that Seattle course. And then when you get out there, you're not thinking about, like, oh, this is boring. You're thinking, like, these guys are next to me hauling, too, and I want to beat them. And so it kind of changes yeah. the whole dynamic of uh, getting bored on a course. That's good. So, but I, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing something different, though. Yeah, I definitely want it. And you know, I've heard every year there's rumors that they're moving, they're going to do it in a different spot, and it never, it never comes through. But you know, I keep hoping one day. Yeah. Um. Well, at some point, you know, things things eventually do change. You know, but uh, yeah, it's hard to know when. Eventually, yeah. But you never know because it's like you know, Washougal or Portland. It used to be the Pac Northwest race, but they've been there since 2011, 2012. They've been at that same yeah. venue. So I think it's like they have these but, I mean, it's a great set venue. up, and it's just it's easier. Yeah, it's easier than trying to find somewhere new sometimes as well, because like, they already have a good relationship yeah. with that, and they then have to go out and search for something different. So from a race-like standpoint, I kind of can understand that too. But, yeah, the Seattle one, with two in a year and – just the fact that it's it's not the most dynamic course because it's pretty flat. So like there's definitely yeah. they could definitely probably find somewhere not too far away that would be better. Or like you said, the Portland one. I mean, that consistently just is a really fun race. Yeah, you know, that, I think they just they've got a lot to work with there too. That and it's such a short race that we don't end up seeing everything you know in one one go each year. And so you can kind of get away with it a little bit more and see what the variation like how we're going to be running through it being a shorter race like yeah. that, they can really play with it every year and kind of and make it different than it was last year. That's so true. Cause I mean, it's been, I've been there I think four times now and there's been every time there's been some part of the course. I'm like, I don't remember this, you know, yeah, I've never been kinda, here before. That's kind of how I feel too. They have enough space to work yeah. with and enough space to kind of rearrange it in a way that's really, really fun. Yeah. Which is cool. They, they do a good go, job with that. That's, yeah, well, sprints go. It's, it's been my favorite sprint. You know, I, and you get some yeah. of those. They're like the second day sprints, so they're kind of like just thrown together out of what the super had, you know. But then you have, uh, yeah, you know, you got like Boise. That's that's a, it's just a sprint, but it's not. It's nothing compared to compared to Portland. Just how much fun Portland is. The variation in Portland, the up to down, you know, the movement, the dirt. Like they're just and they they don't they give you a little bit more challenging obstacles too, which is nice. Where I mean, Boise this year was just a climb up the hill, and then you kind of played around the top, and then you ran down. You know, it was a pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like, okay, have, have fun, you know. And see, that's what's great about Washington. It's different every year. They kind of, you know, do it a little bit different. You know, up, down. You know, you're up, down all over the place. They have different hills. And I think it's partly because it's, a, like, it's a motorcycle track. So, I mean, they're able to use yeah. that. They do the yeah. same thing in Vegas. Vegas is on a motorcycle track, so there's a couple, there's some really nasty hills, and they, they either throw them in right at the end or right at the beginning, and then there's a bunch of random places out, you know, farther out, and they do, Vegas is a good one, so. But. Yeah, that's one that I, I've considered doing, I just, I, because I follow the National Series around usually, or especially last, this, last, this year and last year, I follow the National Series, it's been hard to kind of like branch out and do some of the other races. Yeah, I could see that. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. Do you like tacos? Yes! Do you like having fun? Yes! 
Do you like to have tacos while having fun? Yes! Can you walk or run a mile? Yes! Good news! Beast's OCR annual Taco Mile is back and happening now through the month of August. It's a virtual challenge that you can do anywhere. All you need is a place to safely walk or run and four tacos. Add in some friends and you have yourself an excellent super fun time. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast OCR Facebook group. That's BeastChallenge.com Beast OCR! Takamaya! Sign up today! Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. So, what are your plans for the future? Oh, they do. Um, They do. Right now, I... Yeah, for future, I'm, I, I don't know. You know, part of it too. So, since I actually I qualified for Worlds in the, the Spartan Worlds and uh, West Virginia in in Elite, but um, I'm really I'm kind of not enjoying running Elite as much, especially in the championship races, because you kind of for me like we just have such such strong athletes out there. You know, you get in those big races, and I end up kind of mid pack, which you know I have a de- decent finishes, you know, and it was enough to qualify me for Worlds, but it's still. Like, I know going to Worlds, I'm going to be probably, like, somewhere in, like, the 60 to 70 range of competitors. Yeah. Which kind of stops being fun. And I, I – so I've decided in uh, West Virginia and Tahoe I'm actually going to run age group. And part of the reason is because I know all those guys, you know, and I'm also going to be shooting for, you know, probably a top five finish, which would be great. So rather than, you know, finishing a mid-pack in a race where, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make any money, I'm probably not going to, you know, gain a lot, a lot from. It's like – just going on having fun with guys that I know. Because I ran two age group races this year for, uh, like, the second-day sprints in the National Series races. And it was so much fun running with those guys. Like, it was just it was a different experience, and you end up with the same guys throughout the whole race. You're kind of paced with guys, and you're pushing each other hard. And, you know, there's such a great camaraderie that I pretty much know everybody in my age group and uh, the heat that I'll be running mm-hmm. in. And so I, I just, you know, part of it's just I want to have more fun. I kind of want to enjoy myself. So next year... I don't know what I'm going to do if just depending on where I'm at, you know, if I, if my paces improve, you know, I'm getting back up, I'll probably go back towards elite. Um, or I may run age group or I may not do the national series at all. I may just do the races I want to do, especially with running a business. It's like, you gotta, it's been hard, you know, kind of running a business and having time for my own training too. you know, you end up juggling two things at once. You want to give a hundred percent to both, but it's really hard to do. It can be. It can be very hard to do. So that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I've so been trying year, to. I've been really yeah. thinking. Yeah, I would say I've been thinking next year is going to be less, less about the national series or national like races like Spartan and Tough Mudder and stuff like that, and more about the locals. I want to start getting into yeah. a lot of the local races and really, you know, doing that. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm thinking potentially too, especially with my business because that's the focus. You know, most of the most of what we do yeah. in the business. I, I mean, I have people who don't race. I have people who just come out and have fun, and they, or, and then I have people who are more like hikers or want to be able to do stuff outside. And so it's great for them too. But I also want to promote people to go and do races like, like Spartan, especially like these local races. That's perfect. I can't take everybody in my business, pick them up, and be like, let's let's all go to West Virginia. You know, it's not not going to happen you know so it's like i can it's really nice running a business that revolves around what i love it's just a matter of 
yeah. you know, the local races are the ones that are going to fit my clientele. You know, some of them travel to far exactly. farther away, but, you know, that's on them. I'm probably not going to go with them to some of those races, depending, but. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see. I think a lot that's of it's just true. I'm kind of at that point where I want to do, I kind of want to just do what I want to do, you know, and just enjoy, enjoy it, you know, rather than feel like I have to compete hard. I have to do do a lot. And I'll definitely, I think I'll stick with the elite races for local races because, if I find if I look at my times, most of the time compare, I compare an elite my elite time to an age group races for local. I'm usually I would usually always be on the podium, you know, an age group, and that's yeah. just not that's not fun to me. Like I don't want to I don't want to win every race, you know. I don't want to be up there if if that if it's too easy. And so I'd rather run mm-hmm. an elite in races that are a little bit smaller. It's just those national series. You get out there and just the I mean, you got the best in the world there with you, and yeah, you know, you you just. It, yeah, it shows. You know, it's a it's a huge difference. We were talking about Renegade. Like Renegade, the past few years I've won that event. You know, being just a local event, we mostly just get guys from Tri Cities and maybe a few more from around the Pacific Northwest. And so I've won it. Yeah. You know, consistently. And then you go out to a local race, like a you know a sport, a local being like Pacific Northwest Spartan race. And then I, you know, I can be a top ten, top top fifteen finisher. And then I go to a national series race, and it's like oh, I'm top fifty. You know, so it's like the bigger the yeah. race, it's like the farther down the pack I'm going to be, you know. And then if you have, like, one true. of these guys show up, you know, it's like there's those guys. It's just like there's different calibers of athletes. And then you have some of those guys who are, you know, you have your Brian Atkins and Kent and you've got Woods and BJ and all them. And they're going to, you know, they show up at any race and they're probably going to win it, you know, and that's kind of just the way it is. Yeah. Where <laughs> where some of us are like, you know, local events, we got to, you know, we got to work for it too, but – you know, if I just do an event here, around, like I, we did, we had just like a run event here in Tri Cities, and I just did it for fun, and I ended up taking third, just like, just having fun with it, you know, not even trying to push hard. Like I was like, okay, I think let's just go. It just like kind of shows that, uh, you know, there are different, you know, it's like the caliber of athlete I am is strong for where I'm at, but it's kind of that big fish small pond mentality. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun that's, this year that's too. We had the renegade. Yeah, I was going to say Renegade this year was really fun. I definitely want to see more people come out to that, especially because I'm running a business here in town. It's like that. And we have this amazing race here in town. And uh, so I invited Taylor out, Taylor Taylor Overmiller, and he – so he beat me. Yep. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, maybe I shouldn't have invited him. But no, uh, but I was actually I was really glad he came. And I invited other guys who could beat me. And part of that was not just, uh, you know, not just being like, Okay, you know, that was stupid, but um, part of it was just the whole, I wanted guys who would push me, you know, and I knowing these guys could show up, yeah. I've got to double my training, I've got to work harder to be up there, you know, and that was something that I felt like was more important than winning a race, and so him beating me, you know, was like, okay, like, that was, that was, a, like, that's, that's all right, you know, I got something I got to shoot for, and I got some, something to work for, and I pushed harder in that race than I would have if he wasn't there, and, uh, I know he came in, I think, about two minutes ahead of me, but then after me, it was like a seven-minute gap before third. And so it kind of showed, too, like the caliber of athletes that we are, so Taylor and I, and then, like, you know, everybody else who was competing. And so it's like if it was just – if he hadn't shown up at, for that race, it would have been like, okay, I would have been way ahead again, just like I've done for the last two years. And uh, so it, 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 was yeah. much, it was nice having that. You know, I would love to win it again. And part of Part of me when I saw him there was like, oh, darn it, he did show up. But part of me was like, good, <laughs> you know, that this is going to make me work. And 
you know, yeah. like I said, there, there's that point where you want to win. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna stand that starting block, being like, I want to win, but you get out there, and then you're so like it happened last year. Where I was so far ahead at the end of the race, like the last mile, I felt like I can fail every obstacle and still win it. And it's just not fun, you know. You don't have that same push. You don't have that same drive. Nothing is pushing you harder when you're at that when you're in that place, you know. And it's like, okay, I, it, it it does become less fun. And like I said, I want to enjoy what I do rather than just win races. And that's a good way to look at it. I mean, it's one of those things you get those people that are like, I just want to win. I just want to win, and I'm going to go for the the small race because I know I can win it. And it's like. Mm. Yeah. You know, but then in your case, just, you're like, okay, I I, I've been way out ahead. Let's bring Taylor yeah. in to make it fun. Well, so, yeah, well, just wanting yeah. to win doesn't, you know, it, it's not, you know, it doesn't, that's not pushing you. And like I talked about, I, I'm out here to push no. my limits. And uh, that doesn't happen unless I push against guys who are better than me or guys who can beat me, you know. When I have guys around me, it's really yeah. great. You know, every year that I do this, I usually get a, I kind of have a group of guys that I have my eyes on because they're, and they're kind of my pack. Like they're the people that, I'm racing with whether they're in my, you know, whether they're in my uh, heat or not. It's like just based on times. It's like it's fun to kind of like see where I'm at with those guys, see who's winning, you know, because I I know I got guys I can shoot for, and I know this year has been kind of a kind of a rough year overall because I've been up and down a little bit on health health stuff, and so like for mm-hmm. the, some of the elite races I've been very different, and so I just haven't enjoyed it as much I think too because I haven't quite developed that same pack of uh, of competitors to race with every time I go out there. And I lost some of the guys from last year, some of the guys who I was racing with consistently last year and getting you know, starting to either catch or have it had beat. Um, I haven't seen them in as, as many races this year, and so it's been harder to kind of, like, continue growing because it's like I either had to create a whole new pack of people or, you know, or just go out there and do it, you know, because they, weren't, they yeah. weren't there anymore. Because I had, I I had one nice. friend, and I, I, throughout the whole year last year, I was catching him like I was – one of our, some of our first races, I was a ways behind him, and then by the end, I, I was starting to make up a lot of ground on him. Like I was pretty close to, like I didn't quite beat him, and then this year he kind of stepped back from doing Spartans. I mean, he's still a great friend. I went and visited him at one point when I was down in California too, but he, uh, I miss him. You know, it's like I wanted to have him out on the course with me because I just like he, it was yeah. fun fun to be working towards a goal of like I'm gonna I'm gonna try to beat you, you know, and. Uh, so that's that's what's kind of fun about having guys like Taylor, and then there's other guys too who it's like, you know, they're such strong athletes, and it's fun kind of like starting to close that gap in between like where I'm at and they're at. But it has been cool this year. The change I've noticed though is that I have stepped into a caliber of athlete where it seems like I went from kind of the area where I'm racing with a lot of guys who are kind of semi-pro. You know, they train kind of ca- or casually. You know, they're kind of casually training and they go out there and run. They do decent. You know, they do well. And this year I'm with a bunch of guys who, you know, they train as hard as me. And so I guess I don't see as much that result. You know, you go out there and you get, you're with guys who really are, you know, have the same ambition, the same drive. And it's, 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 it's different to race with guys like that because they're growing as much as you're oh, growing. Man. Yeah. That's awesome. Hmm. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about Renegade. I know you've mentioned it a couple times and all that, and I want to I want to promote those local races. So, kind of tell me a little bit about Renegade. Give us you know, give us a little pitch on why we should go go out to Tri Cities next year and run the Renegade. Yes, yeah, so Renegade is definitely one of the very best races that we have, just in the Pacific Northwest. Period. I mean, as it's, as it's set up, it's it's got quality obstacles and they're actually hard. 
You know, it's like mm-hmm. you get some of these where the obstacles just aren't that, aren't that challenging. Or if you're, I know if I'm going slower, a lot of those, like in a Spartan, I can get through every obstacle, no problem. But in Renegade, it's like there's some yeah. of these obstacles that are <laughs> legit obstacles you really got to work for. And they, they have the level system, so people who aren't, you know, aren't as ready for it, they definitely have options to help them get through it. And uh, like the open heats, they're definitely more lenient. Obviously, when you're in elite, you got you have to complete the obstacle or you got to do a penalty. But with uh, just you, I mean, we there's like the ten feet walls. There's legit full size like warp walls. Then you have grip obstacles that are tough. And I love the fact that it's over water. The other thing I love about this is mm-hmm. I know we, we talked about the heat in Tri City, how hot it is. Uh, for being as yeah. hot as it is, it's one of the wettest courses that I I've done. And so it's fun because, I mean, hmm. talk about being in a hot climate and having, like, you go to some of these races, it's super hot, and the course isn't wet at all. You have, like, okay, it's just, like, you have the dunk wall and the rolling mud somewhere, and yep. that's it. But in that's Vegas. in Renegade, it's, like, water, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, like, Boise, it's, like, let's get a little water at the beginning, let's get water at the end, and it's, like, it's it's super hot. But this race, it's like right off the bat. I mean, you go out, and then you're going to hit a water obstacle, and you know you're probably going to hit about seven, seven, eight more. And there's points where you're just you're in the water, you're in the water just a ton of the time. And so, it's fun in that regard, where it's like, yeah, you're you're hot, but you're getting wet so much that it really kind of brings that down, which is great. You know, I love I love that aspect to it, especially like it it, it utilizes what we have in this environment in Tri Cities, which is the heat, with also having having the water. I yeah. definitely have heard people talk about that, but it's such a—it's just such a good race. It's well put on. It's well set up. You know, you go to it's got the quality of like a, it's got the quality of a Spartan event. You know, like, like quality of obstacles, right. quality of just running through it, and definitely, I definitely want to see it grow because it's—it's it's worth doing. I mean, it's so much—it's so much fun to do, and you do have unique obstacles as well. Where I know a Spartan, I'm going to see—I know what I'm going to see pretty much when I get out there. But in a race like like Renegade, I have no idea. You know, I go out there, and it's like, okay, See, that's awesome. Like, every year, there's something new and something unique. And then, you, like, this year, I mean, this year we had something new. We definitely had some good new stuff. Like, the, uh, uh, we had this one. I called it the Proud Mary because it looked like a, it looked like one of the paddle wheels on the back of the, bo- back of the boats. But uh, it was basically like two pinwheels, and you had to spin. It was like rotating monkey bars. You had to rotate all the way around till it hit, till it hit the bell. Uh, which was really neat. That mm-hmm. was such a unique setup, and just some of the stuff like having having a having a legit rope swing, having an, having water slides. So you have your fun obstacles too, and it's just got it's got a good variation. And I know you guys interviewed Sandra as well. And think about that is she's done so many races, she's done so much, and so and even the people who were there before who who, who were helping her before, even though now that she's a one woman show, as they got it kind of set up initially. They all had raced a bunch. They knew what obstacle races felt like, and they knew how to make a good one. You know, they took they took from other yeah. races what they needed and made, and made their own thing, which was so great. So it's like not just somebody well, who comes awesome. in with, with a money grab. Yeah, you get a lot. Of, I mean, I see a yeah. lot of races that seem like they're just money grabs. They're like, oh, I, I. They come in going, well, I want to make or I want to make or make money, and so let's make this thing called an obstacle race. And they don't really know what they're doing. Where this is this is someone who created a race. And she actually knows what a race should feel like, and she makes a race that feels legit. And see, that's awesome. And I, I've seen exactly what you're talking about. I have seen those races where it's pretty much like somebody has seen, hey, there's a bunch of people that like these mud runs. Let's just make one. 
and they have no idea that nobody's ever before. done one. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. you know, you yeah. get ones like that where they've done one. Um, there's the, the summit, the swamp down here in Randall, they're actually pe- getting together with the bees so that next year they can actually make an even better course by getting oh, us, awesome. a bunch of us people that have ran races to help them build obstacles. They had some really good obstacles. They did a great job, but they're like, okay, we did good, but we've only done a couple obstacle course race, races. So how do you, why don't you guys help us to make this an even better course? So that's, yeah, that's another really that's good cool thing too. to see is, you know, when they're like, you know, they bring in people going, Hey, we have some ideas, you know, come in and help us, help us make it better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's cool, too. I guess, you know, the other thing is, like, when somebody has an idea and they're passionate about something, it'll grow year to year. I mean, that's something for me that I've yeah. learned is, you know, sometimes I don't know what to do with something or how to actually operate something, and the best thing I can do is just throw myself into it, and then I learn. You know, it's just go for it. And I know for people wanting to even do obstacle races, like, I get so many people who are scared to even touch touch a course, and I tell them, you know, you just got to do it. You just got to get out there and do it, yeah. and you'll learn along the way. You know, it, you'll you'll figure it out. It'll it'll come to you, but you just you're gonna have to just get out there and do it. And not just it. I mean, it's one of those. I get a lot of people that are like, "Oh, but I'm scared to do it. How do I do it? How do I train for it?" I'm like, basically, you get yourself better. Run, lift heavy things, do whatever, make yourself overall healthy, and then just go do it. Just get out there on the course. It's the yeah. only way you're gonna learn. I mean, I can try and tell you what it's like, but. I'm probably going to scare you more than anything, so just go do it. Yeah. No, it's definitely neat. You know, that's one thing for me where I want to kind of help people. So I take the, you know, help them be able to get through a course. I, I definitely have helped a lot of people at their first race, which has been great. But the biggest thing that I notice is people are just afraid to even sign up. You know, and I tell them sign up, and yeah. then you know, then you're going to have the initiative to actually like, I got to get ready for this. I have, I have to actually do it. But a lot of people are too afraid to sign up, and so they never quite get to that point where they're even willing to train for it. But it's like most people are, you know, it scares them to sign up enough that they're going to go out and they're going to train right. You know, it's going to take them into yeah. that area where they're like, I, I have to train for this. I have to figure it out. And, uh, and like, oh, that's yeah, me, you know, figuring out how to do stuff like Ninja. I was like, I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it or how. I'm, but I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And you just, you become there, you know, you, you just, you find a way. And that's, that's a trick that you yeah. learn doing obstacle racing. And it's very applicable to everything else you do in life too. Yeah, and it's one of those things you see the two different people. You get people that sign up for it and they're scared, and then they train hard because they're scared, or you get the people that sign up for it, go do it, and then realize, okay, well, none of this worked right, so what do... You yeah. know, what training do I need to do to fix this? Or, you know, they train really hard and they miss part of it. They're like, okay, I trained really hard at running and I lifted heavy things. And then they get up to something where they have to pull and they're like, oh, well, I didn't work these muscles at all. So now I know what I need to do in training next time. So that's, yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the biggest tools that I've found too in training clients is letting them fail. Like as much as you yeah. know, they don't want to fail, letting them fail and learn that that's okay you know, is one of the biggest things. And let it, and just, like, let them get out there and do it. Because sometimes they find they can do something they didn't know they could do. But the biggest thing is getting them past that fear of failure. You know, and I, I will push them into stuff and say, okay, we're just going to do it. You know, even if it doesn't work today, that doesn't mean, that, you know, we're going to work it. And you'll be able to do this at some point. And it's just, like, allowing yeah. people to have that time to make a mistake and realize that it's okay to make a mistake. You know, I get a lot of people who are nervous because they're like, oh, I'm going to fail obstacles. I'm like, yeah, you probably are. That's probably true. But yeah, that's that's the point. You're learning. You learn where your weaknesses are, and then you you learn how to defeat them in the future. 
you know. I tell that, people yeah, before they do a point. race, yeah, yeah, who are nervous. I'm like, if you could, and it's kind of like what I talked about. It's like if you could just, if, if every obstacle was easy for you, it's not going to be as fun. You're going to ha- you're going to feel more reward no. at the end, it, just getting through it. Even if you fail some obstacles, you're probably going to feel more rewarded for getting through something that was more of a challenge than something that would be easy if you could just do every obstacle. Oh, I agree. And the big thing too is you get a lot of people that are afraid to even try. I've had a uh, I had a friend yeah. that I used to do the races with, and she wouldn't even try the monkey bars because she's like, I can't do that, so I'm just gonna. And she would walk right past and go do her burpees every time, not even yeah, attempt I, it. And finally I, one day I'm like, just try it, and she made it. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, no, I didn't know it. I could do that. I'm like, You didn't know you did it. You could do it because you never tried. At least try it. Yeah. You never know. know. You'll surprise yourself. I mean, we, I know some people, we know that they're probably not going to get through it and that's okay. But I tell them, you know, get up there. Mm -hmm. Like we'll get to the, we'll get to like the multi-rig or the monkey bar, same thing or twister. And and I've told, I've done this with people. I've said, just go out there and do as many as you possibly can. Because I mean, you get, you get, I mean, say you get in the twister, monkey bars, whatever you get four, you get four runs. uh, Next, next time it's going to be five. The time after that's going to be six. It's like, but if you don't do it, you're never going to be able to grow into it. You know, you have to actually get yeah, there. And you're never going to know that. Otherwise, you're just going to be fearful of it forever. Yeah, and you're never going to know how much better you did. Like, you might get, you yeah, know, like exactly. you said, four this time, and then the next time you make six. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I did two better. So did you make it? No, yeah. you still failed, but you did better. And that's something to grow on. Yeah, one of the things I have my ninja kids do is uh, walk the slack line because you'll see that during like local competitions, and so that becomes one of the that becomes one of the biggest ninja killers in local competitions. But the thing is, like that's taken no, years to perfect. Like I can I can walk all the way across to turn around, walk back, do squats, whatnot, you know. But this is this is like five years of walking that line, you know. And so yeah, I haven't had one person yet be able to walk all the way across it, you know, unassisted, like that I've been working with. Uh, but I'm like, they're getting farther. And so I always try to, you know, give them credit for how far they did get. It's like, okay, you got five steps today. Well, next time we're going to go six. Next time we're going to go seven. We're going to start building it up. You know, and then they also got to remind you that some days are different. Some days your balance is going to just feel a little bit off. But it's the same with all the other obstacles too. It's like getting to see that kind of like achievement along the way. You're building that progress towards something and towards your goal. And it's been really close, yeah, yeah. but that's one of those things, like, because especially a slack line, cause slack lines are, they're very, very difficult. And I was basically, when I started, it was like one, I'd take like one step and I'd be off, you know, and it just, it was persistence. I started doing it every day. Like, I, I go, I do about 30 minutes, you know, almost every day. And, and it just, it allowed me to then develop that skill. Yeah. And that's, that's how you get better at anything is practice. Just keep doing it, you know. Right on. Well, we're almost to that one-hour mark, which is, you know, kind of where I like to stay. So, in closing, tell me, what, what would you like to say to the listeners? What would you like to leave them, leave them with? I definitely want to say, you know, if you are afraid to do a race, sign up, do it. You know, if you're afraid to do obstacles or if you worry about all that stuff, you know, don't, don't let it get to you. Go out there and do it, and if you fail, it's okay to fail. It's like like we were talking about. It's okay not to make it. And then definitely, you know, yeah. if you live in the Tri-Cities area and you want someone to help you, encourage you there, uh, yeah, come out, try a class. You know, I'll give, I'll give everybody everybody who comes out, you know, you get a free trial class, so you can check it out, see what you think, see if this is right for you. So especially people who aren't sure if they want to do obstacle racing or not, or people who are. 
you know, or people who want to do something completely different. I kind of find it's being able to be functional and just live life you want to live. And I find obstacle racing seems to be the best way to train to be as functional, just to enjoy life the way that you want to enjoy life. Yeah. And that's, that's so true. It's just functional. Keep doing it. Nice. Very true. Yeah, well, so I definitely, thank you, for Daniel, me, I just for hope to keep inspiring oh. people. Yeah, I was just to say I want to and keep inspiring people and that they keep going out there. So it's like if you want to follow me, I know you can follow me on Instagram. So Daniel Elfer is at Instagram, or you can hashtag Dirty Dan OCR. That'll find me too. Oh yeah, that's my nickname, by the way, <laughs> Dirty Dan. So if you see me on the course, Dirty uh, Dan, I, I usually have Dirty Dan written on my back, or if I'm wearing a shirt, I'll have it on my arm, but. So it's, it's fun, too, because people will cheer you on. They have no idea who I am, but they're like, Dirty Dan. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I get to him because Mike's is Pretty Mike. So, pretty Mike. Everyone always. That's awesome. Yeah, Pretty Mike. So, um, yeah, no, uh, this has been awesome. This has been a fun conversation. And uh, I will definitely, when I post this, I will definitely put your, your contact information so people can get a hold of you. So, yeah, Sweet. it's that been great awesome. talking to you. Thank yeah, you for being you on the episode. I- I'm definitely game to help anybody. If anyone ever just needs encouragement or anything, or just some ideas to get started, I've you know I've been there for a lot of people. Whether they're right here, I have people who are like as far away as Massachusetts, and you know all the way on the east side who ask me questions, looking for advice. So, anyone who needs anything, I'm always there for you. I want to grow this sport and I want to grow you guys. So, here for you. And thanks for having me Perfect. on. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.